Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people, and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. So today I'm going to talk to you about abiding and bearing fruit out of John chapter 15, uh, verses 1 through 11. So, John 15. Before we get started, uh, let me pray. God, I thank you, Lord. And I praise you, God. I thank you for this opportunity to speak before your people today. God, I say, God, just speak through me, Father. God, let your word come forth of power and in accuracy, Father. Oh, God, I thank you that you are preparing our hearts to receive your word and that our hearts are good ground. And God, I give you all the glory and all the praise for what you're going to do here today and what you've already done through the worship, Father. We thank you for it, and we give you honor and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So in John 15, before I read it, let me give you some background of what's going on. Uh, in chapter 13, we have Jesus... Um, Washing the feet of the disciples in the Last uh, Supper. We have him predicting the betrayal of Judas. We have him predicting Peter uh, denying him three times. And then in chapter 14, we have Jesus declaring he is the way, the truth, and the life. We have him um, promising the Holy Spirit. And we have him confronting the disciples because he knew he was getting ready to be crucified. And those famous and, um, words, he said, let not your heart be troubled. Speaking to the disciples, believe in God, believe also in me. For in my father's house are many mansions or rooms. And I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go, I'll come back. And take you where I am. My little end. <laughs> so we have Jesus preparing the disciples for his crucifixion. So they start out going to the garden on a uh, garden of Gethsemane. Is that right? Gethsemane. Yeah. And so on the way, I'm quite sure in my mind, I, I can picture them walking on their way to the garden and seeing Vineyards, because vineyards were very common in that uh, day and also in that region, because vines have to have uh, a certain climate, have to have certain soil to really flourish. And so as Jesus began to speak about the parable between the vine and the uh, branches, the disciples were probably aware or familiar with vineyards. And in chapter 15, verse 1, I still have to find it here. John chapter 15, verse 1. It says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. He says, I am the true vine, and my father is the vine dresser. Now, when I read this, I'm going, okay, if Jesus is the true vine, there must be a false vine, right? 
And I'm thinking, okay, so who is the false vine? And of course, I thought about the devil, and which is true, you know, because he's the father of lies. Of lies and Jesus, he he gives truth. He's the truth. Jesus healed. Satan bring disease. Jesus set the captives free. The devil put us in captivity and so forth. So I wasn't wrong with thinking that way. But in studying this scripture, I found that Jesus was referring to Israel. He was making a contrast between him and Israel because in the Old Testament, Israel was sometimes called the vine. And usually when Israel was called the vine, they came up lacking in some area or sinning and God's judgment was upon them. And we can go to Isaiah chapter 5, 1 through 7, and we can read and see what I'm talking about. It says, let me sing for my beloved my love song concerning his vineyard. My beloved had a vineyard on a very fertile hill. He dug it, he cleared it of stones and planted it with choice vines. He built a watchtower in the midst of it and hewed out a wine vat in it. And he looked for it to yield grapes, but it yielded wild grapes. And now, O oh, inhibitants of Jerusalem and men of Judah, judge between me and the vineyard. What more was there to do for my vineyard that I have not done in it? When I look for it to yield grapes, why did it yield wild grapes? And now I, I will tell you what I will do to my vineyard. I will, remove, I will remove its hedge and it shall be devoured. I will break down its walls and it shall be trampled down. I will make a, what it a waste and it shall not be pruned or hold. And briars and thorns shall grow up. I will also command the clouds that they rain no rain upon it. For the vineyard of the Lord of hosts is the house of Israel and the men of Judah. So Israel was some, sometime called a vine. So the contrast was between Israel and Jesus being the true vine. And I like this scripture because it shows the relationship of the son and the father. He said, I am the true vine and my father, which my shows, shows uh, ownership, is the vine dresser. So it shows this ongoing relationship between the vine and the vine dresser and everything that the vine needs to survive and strive and to bring forth good fruit is found in the vine dresser uh, provides for it. Just like the vine provides for the branches to bring forth good, good fruit. And so let me go on. So, and this is the last of the I am declarations in John 15 when Jesus says, I am the true vine. That's the last of that declaration throughout the book of John. And so, and then also, it shows the roles of Jesus and the vine dresser. Now, the vine dresser, he's like a gardener. So he's responsible for planting the seeds, watering it, pulling the weeds cultivating it, and at times pruning it. And the pruning process 
it can be very uncomfortable. So Jesus, you know, defined the roles. He's the true vine. His father is the vine dresser. Okay, and you can also see that in Jeremiah 2.21 of Israel being called the vine. Now, there's, uh, there's a, a strong and an ongoing communion with the Father and the, uh, Jesus as divine. Second verse says, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. So, this was interesting because it says every branch in him, which means every believer in Christ that does not bear fruit, he takes away, meaning God takes away. So a believer in Christ cannot bear fruit, but we know he will be taken away. And it's not taken, he's not taken away by man, but he'll be taken away. By God. And it was a very sobering thing to think about because when Jesus wanted figs from the big tree and it didn't produce, what did he do? He cursed the tree. And he planted Israel with the finest of the seed and they had very good uh, ground to dwell in and flourish, but they produced wild grapes. So as a believer, if I'm not producing good fruits, it, it, it's kind of, uh, Lord, let me get myself together because I don't want to be one of those trees that don't produce good fruit. Amen. Amen. But it showed me that it's, it's a possibility to be in Christ and not produce good fruit. And I guess it goes along with, um, you know, there's some 30, 60, 100 fold people you know, and stuff. So, but my competitive want me to be at the top. I want to be the best fruit I can be. And I want to produce as much fruit as I can while I'm here. Amen. Amen. So number verse two in uh, chapter 15. Okay. Where it says, every branch of me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. We talked about that. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, which means that he cut away the dead things. He cut away everything that is hindering that plant, that branch from producing. And uh, I used to have a hydrangea bush at my house. And every year at the end of the season, when the flowers have faded and so forth, I would cut off the flowers that's dead. And then the next season, when it's time to bloom, I would have bigger flowers, I will have more flowers. So the pruning process produces fruitfulness, okay? And so I'm, I'm a believer in Christ and I want to be pruned. I want God to take off everything in my life that's not pleasing to him, to make sure the motives, like our pastor preached last Sunday, the motives of my heart is pure. God, I want you to uh, take out the line, the 
I'm not saying I do all of this. Okay, this is just for illustration. I want God to take all the hypocrisy, the adultery, the fornication, whatever it may be, anything that is hindering me from being that fruit, from be, from producing fruit. I want God to do it. Take it away, Lord. I don't want it. And the pruning process is not done just one time. It's done over and over and over. And every time it's done, we should be producing more fruit and more fruit. Amen. Amen. Let's keep on going here. Okay. Verse three, it says, already you are clean because of the word I have spoken to you. He didn't say you will be clean. He says you are already clean by the word that I've spoken unto you, which let us know and we know that as believers that we are cleansed by the washing of the word, by the washing of the water of the word. And we can find that. You go with me in Ephesians 5. I'm going to start at verse 25. Uh, it says, husband, love your wives even as Christ has loved the church and gave himself for it. This is the verse I want to hone in on. Verse 26. That he, meaning Christ, might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. It's the word that cleanses us, saints. And also in John 17, 17, it says, sanctify them through your truth. Your word is true. Your word is what cleanses us. So in order to produce fruit. We have to be pruned. We have to be cleansed by the word. So there's three conditions of a fruitful life. The cleanliness, the abiding in Christ, and the obedience to the word of God. It's when we are obedient to the word of God that he can cleanse us through his word as we begin to live that word out in our lives. Amen. Amen. Verse four, it says, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. Amen. So this tells us abide means to dwell, to stay, to remain, to live. So we are to Remain in God. We are to live in God. We are to stay in God. And as we abide in him, we begin to bear fruit. We begin to bear fruit. Verse 5. I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Here we are again being told to abide in him. When we abide in him, it's necessary for us as believers to abide in Christ so that we may bear our fruit and be pruned so we can bear more fruit. See, it's in the abiding in Christ that we bear fruit. It's a in the abiding of Christ, that's where we fellowship with the Father. It's in the abiding, we can rest there. 
we can trust him. We can receive from him in abiding in Christ. It's like the psalmist says, one thing have I desired, that is to dwell in the house of the Lord and to behold his face and to inquire of him. We can ask questions when we're abiding in him. You see, it's in him that we have that life because without him, we're lifeless. But in him, it's in him that we live and we move and have our being. We exist in him. It's in the abiding when we come face to face in his presence. That's where we should desire to be, in his presence. Everything that we need is in him. But without him, we can do nothing. But through him, we can do everything. All things, all things in Christ, in Christ. Verse five, he says, I am the vine and you are the branches. Here he's defining the roles again. He says he's the vine and we are the branches and we are to abide in him to bear much fruit. Verse five says much fruit. So we are to abide in him if we are to abide or bear fruit. And there's four stages of fruit bearing. First, you have no fruit. The ones with no fruit will be taken away. Then you have fruit. Then you have more fruit. The pruning process allows us to bear more fruit. And then we have much fruit. It's when we're obedient to the word and that word has gotten in us and we begin to walk out that word. That's when we can bear much fruit. So that's the goal of the believer is to bear much fruit. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch. This is verse six. And withers and the branches are gathered and thrown in the fire and burned. So if we're not abiding in him, the word says we're thrown away like a branch that withers, meaning there's no life there. There's no, it's dead. There's no life there. So it's very important to abide, to dwell, to stay in Christ so we can bear fruit and not be lifeless as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Amen. 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 Verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Now that's powerful. Here we have a promise. Another promise with abiding. The first promise is that abiding in him, we bear fruit. Now we have a promise that if we abide in him, if we remain, if we stay in Christ, we can ask whatever we wish and it'll be done for us. But as believers, I believe we live uh, so short of that promise. You know, we, okay, we believe because the word says it. But do we really believe it? You know, and the thing is, is that when you we can ask whatever we wish, if you're a true believer, you're not going to ask 
for something that does not line up with the word of God. You know, I'm not going to pray, oh, God, give me Su Susie's husband. He's nice looking. You know, he's tall. You know, I like him tall, God. You know, no, no. Oh, God, <laughs> I'm on my job working. Okay, Lord, I can take this $50 out, out the thing because, you know, you own a, a, a cat on a thousand. <laughs> so if it's yours anyway, God, so I can take it. You know, I'm your child. No, we are asking must line up with the word of God, must line up with the word of God. He's not going to go against his will. And as believers, we should not be known for asking for something that's not in his will. But if we ask and it's in his will, he, the words that he'll give it to us, it will be done for us. So I challenge you to begin to really believe the word and live it out and begin to ask God for some things. He not only supplies our needs, but he will give us, give us some of our wants and desires. And our desires will line up with the word of God if we really, truly are that believer. Okay? Amen. First eight. We're in first eight, guys. Almost done, Cleve. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciples. One of the purpose of our lives being here as believer is to bring God glory. To bring God glory. And he is glorified with us when we are bearing much fruit. And we, when we're bearing much fruit, we prove to be his disciples. And studying this, something I learned about disciples, oh, sorry, is that usually the disciple chooses who he wants to be mentored by to become his disciples. But Jesus, he chose his disciples instead of the disciples choosing him like what was norm, the norm in that day was for the disciples to say, oh, okay, I like this businessman. I think I'll choose him to, so he can mentor me and teach me everything he knows about the business. But God chose us before the foundation of the world. Before the foundation of the world. Before we were even formed in our mother's womb. He knew us. He knew one day this sister would be a doctor. Before the foundation of the world, Amen. he knew her husband would be a minister before the foundation of the world. He's called us. His handprint is all over us as believers, and there's nothing he wouldn't do for his children. Amen. Amen. Abiding in the word and bearing fruit. Let's continue. Amen. Praise God. It says, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and, abided, and abide in his love. Here's another command, to abide in the love of God. And how do you abide in his love? By keeping what? Keeping his commandments. 
keeping his commandments, being obedient to his commandments. There's a phrase or uh, a statement that I like about abided in the uh, abided in Christ. It says, abiding in Christ is to follow his example of a life obedient to the will of God. Let me say it again. Abiding in Christ is to follow his example of a life obedient to the will of God. That statement sums it all up. We're to abide in Christ. We to, we're to take his example as he abided in the Father. We're to abide in Christ. One thing about vines is the reason you see them growing upwards instead of, you can find, you can see some of them growing on the ground. But when they grow on the ground, the branch takes root in the, in the soil. But when you have the vine growing upwards, the branch takes substance from the vine that's rooted in the ground. And the vine, which is Jesus Christ, is rooted in, in God. And it's that, uh, so the branch gets everything, all its nutrients from the vine, as it, the vine is abided in God. So we are to be like the vine and produce fruit. God clearly tells us that we are the branches. So we should know our roles as the branch. We are to abide in the vine. Here's some takeaway. Cleve, I beat you again. <laughs> Jesus is the true vine and God is the vine dresser. We're the believers. We're the branches. As believers, we are the branches in Christ, which reminds me of how as Gentiles, we were engrafted into the family. Yeah. Now, in the natural, when a plant, when you engraft the plant, I think I shared this before here. You have the plant. This is the plant that you want to be engrafted in. And what they do, they cut that plant on a slant. And then the plant that is to be engrafted, they place it right in the cut and then they wrap it. So it began to grow and become part of the plant and everything that the engrafted plant needs to live and survive and to flourish and to produce he gets it it gets it from the root of the of the uh, vine that's engrafted and that root system is Christ because Christ has already provided a way for us to to be in the family and to live and to flourish and to produce good fruits and much fruit. Amen. Yeah. So keep that in mind. So, and uh, here we go. So believers are the branches in Christ and fruitless branches is taken away. And it's God that does the taking away, not man. Because fruitly, fruitless branches becomes withered, gathered, thrown in the fire and burned. We do not want to be that branch. And every fruitful branch is pruned. And the purpose of pruning is to bear more fruit, more fruit. And the branches are cleaned by what? The washing of the water of the word, man. 
Also, branches must abide in Christ and Christ in them to produce fruit. Branches must abide in Christ. His word must abide in them or us that we can produce much fruit. And when the much fruit is produced, that's when we glorify God. That's when we glorify God in the much, bearing of much fruit. Okay, so. When the branches, when we the branches are abiding in Christ and his word are abiding in us. What happens? We can ask what we wish and it will be done for us. Amen. Amen. So in abiding, we get answered prayers. The branches, the believers, the branches of ourselves, we can bear nothing. We can bear nothing. It's only in Christ that we can begin to bear the fruit. Now, you say, what is the fruit you're talking about, Minister Jackie? I will tell you. Let me tell you. The fruit can be souls. Number one, the fruit can be souls or new converts. You can find that in Romans 1.13. The fruit can be Christian character, the fruit of the spirit. Galatians 5, 22 and 3. And the fruit can also be conduct, fruit of righteousness. And you can find that in Romans 6, 21 and 22, and Philippians 1 and 11 also. So we have how many stages of fruit bearing? Four. No fruit, fruit, more fruit, and much fruit. And what are the uh, conditions for a fruitful life? Cleanliness, mm -hmm. obedience, and abiding. So as you go forth this week, stay connected with the Father. Remain in him. Live in him. Allow him to live in you. Allow his word to live in you so we can become that branch that produces much fruit, and glorify our God. Amen? Amen. Amen. God bless you. That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand Cocos, New Jersey, 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at kingdomlivingnj.org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to His Word. God bless you.